0: Welcome to Honest Conversations in Black and White. I'm here with Scott Annual. We have a special guest with us uh, once again. So, welcome back, Miss Becky Annual. Thank you. How are you doing, Dr. Good. Becky Annual? That's right. I better get that right. Doctor. <laughs> I <get> that
1: right. <laughs> you don't want to lose
0: your bonus points with <laughs> no. that. Telling you. <laughs> That's exactly right. I've, I, I earned bonus points and I don't want to lose those. Do, mm-hmm. No demerits for me. Absolutely not. That said, we're ex- excited about our conversation today. In fact, it was a year ago uh, that you graced our presence uh, and talked to us about about books and about reading and the like. And so uh, we're excited to have uh, Becky back with us, joining us. I want to kind of start out. I, we know you. I know many who are involved in the reading challenge know you. Uh, But those who don't, introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of background.
2: Um, I am Scott's wife. I am a mom of four. We homeschool. My oldest is about to turn 17. Mm -hmm. I have a 14-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old at home. Um, I have a Ph.D. in Christian education Mm -hmm. and working on a homeschool curriculum for G3 and excited about that. That's keeping me busy right now. Yeah. Um, but. I'm just excited about this reading challenge. Mm -hmm. I've had so much good feedback um, from men and women who are just excited to get into books that they wouldn't ordinarily read. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I really enjoyed last time the, our conversation because it really caused me to begin thinking about the books that I was reading. It, it caused me to think about categories that I had not given much thought to. And so uh, I'm excited as we kind of talk through some of these categories and what you're going to walk people through, the encouragements that you're going to lay out for them, um, what, they'll, what they'll have the opportunity to participate in. But, but Scott, you're not you're not off the hook, bro. What's that? Yeah, you've got categories too that you're gonna. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got gonna, books here. You're yeah, gonna unpack yeah. for us. With that said, the the I want to ask the question, kind of why a reading challenge? We've done this now, going into the third year. Kind of unpack for everybody what what your thought process was and why you do these kinds of things.
2: Well, I love reading challenges because I'm a goal driven person, mm-hmm. and because it gets me reading books outside of my comfort zone that I wouldn't normally, you know, pick up. So um when I'm putting together the reading challenge sometimes I'm just thinking like what categories do I not normally read um that I would like to get into yeah and then I'm thinking about you know moms at home what could stretch us and you know reading books is like exercise for your mind mm-hmm. and it beca- like you know that. it helps you become a um a better conversationalist mm-hmm. and um you know I think it strengthens marriage if yeah. you know you're both reading books and you have things to talk about so um you know i think about home life and then you know what what about pastors what you know what what might pastors uh want to read that is you know just something that is not something that they're preparing for their sermon sure but just or some what my pastors
1: not want to read typically that they ought to yeah read. yeah yeah sure it yeah. can be helpful yeah. um
2: so you know, those are the kinds of things I'm thinking about. But really, I just want to encourage people to to read, even if it's only the 12 books,
0: mm-hmm. you know, for
2: the reading challenge, Um, you know, just stretch yourself yeah. and, you know, get get into the books.
0: Yeah. A couple of questions. I, I, I want to say, if I remember correctly, and this has been, been a year ago, did you tell me last year that you read 100 books last year? I did. You made that, got that goal, landed that goal.
2: That's kind of my, you know, yearly goal that I just kind of have in my mind. It's not... Well, I am I am a little bit um OCD about that yeah <laughs> so you know once I had did it a few times
0: the only the only reason why I remember that is because I left thinking man if she can read a hundred books surely I can come up with about 10 books that would be good for me to read during the outside of all the stuff that she's prepared. almost there again this year yeah I'm
2: about at 95 I think
0: good nice so. I, one of the things that helped me last year was you you said it was that that audio uh-huh. yeah, I could do those as well absolutely and so added a number of those and so I while, while I'm nowhere near 100 uh, definitely read a lot more got through a lot more material as a result uh, of of the reading challenge Wanted to ask you as well had you heard uh, feedback wise any any successes or things that you're hearing back from people who have been engaged in the in the reading challenge
2: um you know people are posting on social media Mm -hmm. their completed challenges people are posting books that they've read in different categories and that they've been excited about Mm -hmm. um And so that's encouraging to me. And I get great ideas from the books. I mean, obviously we provide a list and we're here today to give suggestions, but people come up with some really great things and books that sometimes I haven't heard about. And so then that gets me excited to read those as well. Um, And I think it's encouraging for, you know, for us to see what other people are reading um, because it gets other people into the reading challenge and reading these different categories.
0: I had, I remember when this, when, when we did this, the first time, I think it got introduced in December of twenty one, right? Mm-hmm. And and when it went up, I think that it, the internet on our end just kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks interested. A lot of folks trying to figure, hey, how do I do this? What do I do? A uh, lot of, you know, a lot of people jumped into that process. And so each year, this has kind of been kind of been a G three favorite mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. people to engage in, as far as the the, the reading challenge is concerned. I'm going to kind of begin turning it over to you in the way that I know we've got these categories that we're going to kind of walk through. And so why don't you lay out for us? I think the first one was a book written by. It was was it a reformer? Or was it a reform book or?
2: I'm um, not written by a reformer necessarily, although that would be a okay mm-hmm. but um a book about a reformer gotcha so we've got a conference coming up uh the reformation conference so hey I,
0: thanks for plugging that yeah, absolutely, <laughs> way absolutely. to look out sis i appreciate um, that and i
2: do think about you know what's like um this last year we had a book about the sovereignty of god mm-hmm. because obviously that was our national conference theme mm-hmm. so i try to think about that when i'm planning these categories as well um so a book and we of, should just
1: pause real quickly and mention like on social we're going to be posting these categories we're going to post yeah, things you can screenshot and fill out things you can download. So all of these yeah. categories will be available as this drops, as people prepare for doing the challenge. That's in the new great. Year. Yeah. yeah. We'll
2: have a blog post as well with all these suggestions and probably awesome. more that I think of good uh, by that time. Good. As well. So you don't have to you know, yeah, don't have to write these load, down. Yeah, or, You don't or, have to load your Amazon cart just yeah. now. Um, yeah. So um, this this one here, I stand a life of Martin Luther uh-huh. by Roland Baton. That is kind of a classic um, biography, and it happens to be about a reformer. So I recommend this one um, highly if we're getting into st- – see, I brought so many books. Yeah, you, you I don't even to, know. I'm going like, to just throw them over my you shoulder. To me. You
0: just hand them to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll build a wall here in front okay. of me. So. <laughs> All
2: right. Um, we've got For God and His People, Ulrich Zwingli uh-huh. and the Swiss Reformation by Jean-Henri Merle de Aub- I'm uh-huh. going to slaughter that. Nice. Okay. All right. This is Switzerland,
1: brother. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, not, not, not Scotland, not Scotland yeah. Switzerland. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we need to go there someday. Yes, yeah, yeah, we, so so we do. I think you and I need to take a trip yeah. and just scout out like future We're all, locations. I'm
0: awful. All well, I think Tamika and I are yeah. going to yeah. get in yeah. on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Way to be an advocate. Uh-huh. Way to be an advocate.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is River of Grace, the story of John Calvin by Joyce McPherson. Mm-hmm. This is written for children like upper elementary, junior oh, wow. high, okay. but I love Joyce McPherson's biographies. Don't be ashamed to read books written for children that are, you know, really well-written. Mm. So anything written by Joyce McPherson. Awesome. Um,
1: Along those lines, too, I was going to mention Reformation Heritage Books has oh yes. a series of of reformer biographies of course puritans too some of which are more geared towards kids but like you said anybody can benefit from them mm-hmm. which really really is the mark of even a good children's book yeah. is that an adult can read it and benefit and it's beautiful yeah, and it's great. enriching and all of that so yeah,
2: yeah. yep um lady jane gray she's obviously not a reformer per se but a um, woman of the reformation and nine-day queen of england by faith cook faith cook is another author I'm kind of geared toward uh, young adults, but really great um, books. All of her books on biographies are really solid. Awesome. So I recommend her. Um, Scott O'Dell's The Hawk That Dare Not Hunt by Day. This is William Tyndale.
0: Ooh. This is another
2: children's one, but I only read it recently and I loved it. Wow. And then another children's one, Morning Star of the Reformation by Andy Thompson. This was originally published by Journey Forth out of um, – BJU Press, but I think it's been republished by another publisher. Um, But really just a nice short biography of John Wycliffe. Gotcha. Um, So those are all the ones I brought, but I'll have lots of suggestions on the blog post.
0: Good. uh, Another category that you have is a book of short stories, a book of short stories. This
1: is one of those areas that pastors don't typically read, but ought to. Yeah. Right. So this is a good thing to stretch huh. yourself if you haven't read short stories. And I so. feel
2: like short stories and then we have a later category essays. Those are something you can read one a day.
0: Oh, gotcha. Like I
2: have a little stack of one a day things and it'll be, you know, devotional something and then a short story and a poem and maybe an essay cuz they're sometimes only a few pages long. Yeah. And then, you know, you can just get through books a little bit at a time like that.
0: That's great.
2: Um O Henry, super uh Probably the most classic short story writer. Mm-hmm. A lot of good Christmas short stories. If you want to get a head start, so this is just a book: a hundred, one hundred selected so stories. Nice. You can find shorter ones than this. Um, this is a lot of short stories. Don't want to do that. Yeah. one. Yeah, but um, this has just happened to be the one that was on our shelf. But um, there's, I mean, Tolstoy has short stories. Um, J.R.R. R. Tolkien has short stories somewhere. I think. Okay, so I brought this. This has some essays and short stories in it. So you could knock out two categories with mm. this. This is Tree and Leaf by J.R.R. R. Tolkien. He has an essay called On Fairy Stories in here, but then he has Leaf by Niggle, which is a short story. And there's a Middle Earth short story in here. I think, um, okay, I can't pronounce that. The Homecoming of Somebody or Other. Um, ask, in Middle ask our Earth. son, Caleb. I know, he's Caleb the, the Tolkien official. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, Wendell Berry short stories Mm -hmm. Um, Edgar Allan Poe has short stories probably some that you might have read in high school that you might want to revisit those are fun George Orwell has short stories P.G. Woodhouse if you want Mm -hmm. to laugh read P.G. Woodhouse Um, this is short stories and also fits into a later category Um, Lord Peter Whimsey by Dorothy Sayers Mm -hmm. so mystery short stories there's also Mm -hmm. Miss Marple short stories Poirot short stories Sherlock Holmes short stories, Father Brown short stories, uh, Flannery O'Connor, Guy de Maupassant, Washington Irving. All this kind of classic writers wrote short stories that's in addition fantastic. to their longer I, works
0: that, that's fantastic I, I i love the idea of, of getting into works like that we we are we're just in a culture now where people a don't do a lot of reading uh, if they do it's it's if it's longer than a tweet folks aren't reading it <laughs> right? right and and so it's in, it's important to maybe slow down and really think through this and, and i think this gives people some op- opportunities to really present represent uh the fundamentals of reading um the benefits of reading a story and I, i've been benefited in 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 both the area of my writing uh as well and and even and even in sermon preparation mm-hmm. examples and the ideas of those kinds of things are incredibly incredibly helpful one of the categories is is a psalter.
1: yeah but before we get there just yeah, yeah. cuz you just made a comment that i think is important yeah. to to stress for the pastors who might be listening uh reading good literature good short stories poetry that kind of thing is very helpful for crafting your sermons. It, is. it helps you develop a love for beautiful language, the way to uh to craft a sentence in a in a in a way that's engaging. Mm-hmm. So a lot of pastors I think sometimes think I've got to be reading theology and 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 the scriptures alone. And of course, you ought to be doing that. But a challenge like this can push you to read some things that are in and of themselves beautiful and good to read because they're enriching, mm-hmm. but there is an also a secondary benefit of, of enriching your own ability to communicate, which, of course, is part of the… The task of a preacher, so absolutely, yep, yep. absolutely, <clears throat> yeah. So I uh, loved this third category, a psalter. and of <laughs> course, uh, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, it is. And uh, we just published at G Three Psalms and Hymns to the Living God, so oh, this qualifies. Yeah. I think it does. Hymnal was on a previous year, yeah. but this has the 150 Psalms so as part of it. That so part. you can just read that part,
2: or you could get the new one. that yes. is yes. So just we have on pre order
1: right now just the psalter, Psalms of the uh, Psalms of the Living God. So that's a limited a limited run uh, uh, resource. So that's obviously something that would qualify. That would be great. Another another one I just want to recommend, and we actually have several of these psalms in Psalms and Hymns of the Living God, but Julie and Timothy Tennant, husband and wife team, uh, uh, wrote together a metrical psalter, the book of Psalms set to meter for singing. This is published by Seed Seedbed, and it's all 150 psalms. Um just you know, j- just like we have in the psalter, but it 's just all theirs. The tenants psalms are some of the best metrical versions of the psalms mm. that certainly capture the ideas of the psalms but also the poetry of the psalms to such a degree, most people know that some of the psalms are acrostic psalms, meaning that uh, in the Hebrew, every line of the psalm begins with the next letter of the alphabet mm-hmm, in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't see that in the English translation because it would be hard to do. Right. They do it. Wow. Now they don't do it on they don't do it on Psalm 119. 119. That would be almost That's, impossible. Yeah, <laughs> that was the one that was
0: that was the first thing that came but there, to mind. There are yeah.
1: shorter Psalms that are acrostic Psalms and they actually capture that where every line starts with A, B, C, D, E down, wow. down the line. But it's more than that. I mean just they they do a really good job at some of the more some of the most faithful metrical versions of the psalms that I know. So this would be uh, you can you can download a PDF version of the book or get mm-hmm. the hard copy. That'd be a great psalter to read through over the course of the year. And it's another one of those things you can do one a day. Right. You know, exactly. Like yeah.
2: And what I love about our psalter, uh, the G three psalter, is that you and the editing team scoured right. like hundreds of psalters and picked the very best ones and put it in there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I love reading through the ones in know. Yeah, Virgil room.
1: often jokes when we were going through that, that my desk was just covered <laughs> with psalters and yeah. hymnals. And, yeah. Because I really did. I tried to look for, okay, here's Psalm 1. We want at least one version of Psalm 1. I want to find the best version yeah. that's faithful, singable, all of that.
0: Yeah. And so— it was, yeah, fu- it was funny, I'd come in at 6 in the morning or 6.30, and I think you, you dedicated the first part of the day to mm-hmm. kind of knocking this out, so there'd be, you know, hymnals, and so I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He's in a pile of books, mm-hmm. and uh, putting it together, but man, the, the, the end product was really yep. incredibly uh, rewarding to kind of see and experience. That said, a mystery detective story, this is kind of unique.
2: Well, you know, I think mystery detective stories are a great genre. Yeah. They have a lot of good – a lot of times, especially the classic ones from the golden age of detective stories, really just have a nice, um, well, honest conversations in black and white. Okay, we're talking – they are just very black and white in their morality. Yes. And you see clearly, you know, they have redemptive endings. Yes. um, And, you know, good conquers, evil – And I think sometimes we just need that. Mm -hmm. In our society today, we need to have that closure and and see, yes, there are black and white categories of good and evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just fun to read.
0: Yeah. They really are. Descriptive language Mm -hmm. around what's happening and and kind of setting up scenery and scenes Mm -hmm. and people and that kind of thing. Yeah. And you've got,
2: you know, just the suspense. And if it's a mystery that you've read, then you've got that dramatic irony because you know what's going to happen, but the characters don't. And so – um, you know, these are just some of my
0: favorite. to just
1: pick up and read.
0: Good, good, good. We've got Book on the Holy Spirit. You've got just one book on the Holy Spirit? No, yeah, we well, we got, we got, got several, right? That's okay. kind
1: of a theme for us at GZU this year, focusing on. We just came out with Biblical Case for Cessationism by Tom Pennington. That would be a great one to read. Uh Some little older things that are classics that I want to highly recommend. That's, of course, polemic against, you know, the idea of continuationism. Very important. But some books that are specifically about the Holy Spirit, I think, Probably my highest recommendation would be *The Holy Spirit* by Sinclair Ferguson. Mm. I will mention I actually am writing a book on the Holy Spirit this year. It's one nice. of my goals. So you know, by hopefully by the fall, I'll ha- have there will be a Scott annual book on the Holy Spirit. Nice. Um, but Ferguson's book is a is a classic, excellent book on the Holy Spirit. Um, another couple other books that are again dealing with the Holy Spirit specifically within the realm of the controversy over gifts. Mm. Walter Chantry's *Signs of the Apostles* is a classic, uh, again, defense of cessationism. And then Richard Gaffin's Perspectives on Pentecost mm. is another is really important good book. And then finally, another book that's just sort of a positive presentation of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit by Larry Pettigrew, uh, The New Covenant Ministry of the Holy Spirit, forward by John MacArthur, again, just another wonderful Sort of biblical articulation of who is the Holy Spirit, mm. what is His work today, particularly as the title says, within this co- you know, new covenant context. What ought yeah. we to expect the Holy Spirit to be doing? So, those are some recommendations on the Holy Spirit.
0: I, I, I love that. I, you know, again, when we think about our, our current cultural context and the doctrines, the false doctrines related to what the Holy Spirit is doing and, right. and how He, it's imp- it's incredibly important uh for us to read books that have sound theology mm-hmm. uh around the doctrine of the holy yeah, spirit some
1: some have described you know sort of the the age in which we live as the age of the holy spirit right unfortunately that's because there's a lot of confusion about the holy spirit right. all the more reason to get a good book again some of those polemical books defending cessationism or against continuationism are important, but it's also important just to get a good book on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, uh, cause he's, you know, he is a person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. He is, he is God. We ought to know him. We ought to love him. We ought to worship him. Yes. And in order to do that, we need to know who, who, who we are actually worshiping.
0: Absolutely. A book on productivity habits or is it technology? Mm-hmm. What do you got there?
2: Okay. Well, I don't know that my productivity guru husband should start us off. He
1: really I'm should. A, I'm a productivity geek. Yeah. You, you yes. know that. Oh, you make I fun know. Of me. Oh, <laughs> I know that.
0: <laughs> I absolutely know uh,
1: that. Yeah. What, what I yelled yesterday or today, something about automation. Anyway, um, I, one thing I use with my PhD students, our men's group just read through, it's a really good book uh, by Tim Challey's mm-hmm. Do More Better. So yeah. I used to recommend. Uh, David Allen's Getting Things Done, a little longer classic book on productivity. Chally's sort of gets that down to a bite size, applies it to Christians, very practical. Um, that's a really good book. And actually, I do, I read a lot of productivity and stuff, but but ironically, well, I guess it's fittingly, most of the books I have in this area are Kindle books. I don't even actually have physical copies. Or
2: I have that one. That's a good audio book. Oh, oh you have an audio? Well. I have that mm-hmm. on Kindle
1: as well. Um, but Deep Work by Cal Newport uh, Newport's not a believer, but it is a it's a fantastic book about how how to do deep deep work, how to establish systems and routines so that you really can sink in whether it's Bible study. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't apply it that way, but you can Bible study whatever you're doing uh, is very good. And then another Christian book on productivity by Reagan Rose, Redeeming Productivity. That's a fairly new book. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just really good biblical principles and then practical application in the area of productivity. This is another thing that, like, Matt Sykes and Laramie and others are encouraging me that I need to write someday. So it's on my list of, of books to write at some
0: point. And that would be really, really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It really would. I, I, I love it. I give you a hard time about it because it's funny because <laughs> the things that you get excited about, the systems and structures and things like that, and we obviously need those kinds mm-hmm. of things. I'm more big picture. I'm like, hey, let's go grab this you know, situation so we can bring money and resources in. And, and once they come in, he's like, well, here's how we're going to organize it. <laughs> and here's the systems we're Going to use to That's why to we work together it. so well. So absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so no, all all of those things work work incredibly well. A book she, she had oh, some more. Oh, did you some have some too. more? I'm yeah. Sure. Go so ahead. Yeah, all yeah. right. So
2: he talked about productivity. I've got one more, and this is really short. It's um from Reformation Heritage. How can I feel productive as a mom? Oh, I like that. And it's just really short but um encouraging because you know, moms just you know, especially if you have babies, young children, mm. like how do you get things done? So this is helpful in that area. Um, and then it was productivity. I think I wrote on habits and technology, sure right? Yep. Okay. So yep. habits of the household, um, by Justin Whitmall early. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this was really encouraging. He's, um, I'm not sure where he is theologically, but I mean, he's a Christian, but, uh, just a really encouraging book on setting habits for your household. It's
0: really helpful.
2: Um, that's a good audio as well. Mm. And then as far as technology, I think, uh, I read this and I think it was Tim. It's by Tim Challey's Techwise family. Just how to manage all the technology that is in your home and like, okay, your kids have phones or, you know, how to set aside technology for certain days in your family. Just all these different issues. Internet. um, That was a good one.
0: Mm.
2: Um, The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. Wow. This is not a Christian book, but really interesting.
0: Interesting.
2: Um, There's another book um, called Ten Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Yeah. Um, So those kind of books. And then, um, you know, anything about, you know, atomic habits or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. Just how to get yourself organized, um, how to use your technology well instead mm. of making it um, suck your time. It driving yeah. you, or you driving mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Man, that is really interesting, uh, especially the one on the Internet, how it's, how it's changing our brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't like to think about that. Uh, we like to think we're actually the ones in control. But the reality is people learn, are not now learning differently. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they're experiencing the world in which we live differently, mm-hmm. uh, all through the, through the lens of, of the Internet and, 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 again, primarily social media. Uh, you're seeing that a lot. So having, having something that's helpful to, to kind of walk us through those pieces is incredibly helpful. Uh, the next category that we have, let me look here. Books by a G3 speaker. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. We got some books by G3 speakers. We do. Oh, we in just fact, have. A few. Let me that's start with these because okay. there's
1: one here, Man, I... a, be one. one here by Daryl Harrison and Virgil that's Walker. That's got to be a good one. Another one here by Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. That's got to be a good You've got another one coming out that I've endorsed. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Coming yes. out soon. So, yep, yep, yep. When's that come out? Do you know? It'll be out in January. Okay. Yep. So, perfect for yep. this year. Yep. Just thinking uh, about diversity. Another one ethnicity. by yep. founders. Yep. So, uh, obviously, very good book, devotional book, practical book. Why are you afraid? And then just thinking about the state. Highly recommended. Some other speakers that we've featured at G3, James Coates. We published his book last year, Preaching and Hearing God's Word. That's a good one. This is not just for preachers. There is, no. a, there is a section for preachers, yeah. but it's also about hearing God's Word. So this is for everyone. I think MacArthur said that. A must-read for all who preach and all who listen, which Absolutely. means everybody. everybody. That's Absolutely. good. Scott Brown, who's spoken for us frequently a uh, wonderful little book the family at church yeah, uh, 20 days to him. transform so it's kind of split up into 20 days that you can do with your family uh to think about how you know how to do family worship yep, in yep. terms of of corporate worship yep uh, owen strand the war on men fantastic yeah. book defending got, I, uh, biblical masculinity I've,
0: i read through it early and and mm-hmm. uh, an early copy of that loved it and uh, I, i've got my signed copy i actually want to go back through it yeah. it's such mm-hmm. great content yep. And very, he's very also good.
2: got Christianity and Wokeness, yeah. which was one of our categories for our first reading challenge, was a book on culture and um, or social justice yep. or something yep. like that. So that – a lot of people and read In January
1: that. too, because I was just talking to someone at PNR. He's got a book coming out with PNR on the atonement, I think, or on, on Christ – suffering Savior or some yeah. – uh, victorious – I've – it's, Owen's going to kill me now because I can't remember the title. It's, it's, got,
0: it's got to have victory and it something. Has, another. Yeah, something yeah. very, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Warrior King <laughs> right, or something, something like that. that yeah. yeah, something like that. So. Uh, of course, James White, a regular G3 speaker. This is one of his classics. Yes. Yes. The Potter's Freedom, yep. a fantastic sort of response to Geisler's chosen but but free that, defense of uh, the biblical doctrine. That, of, that particular of book was
0: was was instrumental and, and kind of pulled me. Through the whole I think I call myself a four point Calvinist okay right, right. and yeah. it kind of helped me with the last Yeah. so there's minutes. obviously
1: yeah. several books uh, that 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 James has written. Uh, our own Josh Bice edited the New Calvinism a number mm-hmm. of years ago. This is still applicable, I think yes. I think we're still seeing some of the negative effects. there were many good things, and this is what this book does many good results of the new cat- uh, of the new um Calvinism, Calvinism but, yeah. but there were some negative aspects so yep. Josh edited this and also wrote a chapter, so those are. Some, some uh, examples of things by some of our speakers. And I've got more over here. All right. All
2: right, so we've got several books by Vodi: mm-hmm. Family Driven Faith, Doing What It Takes to Raise Sons and Daughters Who Walk With God. This is a great one for moms and dads. Mm-hmm. Um, expository Apologetics. This is going to be part of our G3 high school curriculum. Mm. Answering Objections with the Power of the Word. That's Highly great. recommend this as well. Um, I've got some books by my husband, who That's was great. one of our speakers. Um, Let the Little Children Come. Family worship on Sunday and the other six days too. Lots of practical advice and encouragement in there for having your kids sit with you in the service and Mm -hmm. also family worship at home during the week. This was one that I have just really loved. Musing on God's music, forming hearts of praise with the Psalms. Mm -hmm. I never looked at the Psalms in this way until I read this book and I got to see, oh, they all... It's there's a narrative. Yes. There's an overarching story, narrative yeah. that, you know, you have to read through them mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. and that that's purposeful. So that was really helpful for me. And then his new book, Citizens and Exiles, mm-hmm. Christian Faithfulness in God's Two Kingdoms. So relevant for, for us day. today. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then a couple more. Um, Susan Heck was one of our lady speakers yes. and she has a bunch of books and they're um, getting. They're getting reissued by, who did the Legacy Pre-16. Standard? Yeah. 316 oh, Publishing. Yeah. Um, but These are the older covers. Um, this one is a Bible study on prayer mm. on our knees, with the master on our knees. That's her series, With the Master. And then she has With the Master um, Shepherding the Sheep, a yeah. Bible study on First Timothy. I think she has Colossians, and she has... Oh, a whole bunch of books of the Bible that she just looks through expository, mm-hmm. um and walks Brilliant. ladies yep. through those. So, yeah, yeah, it was really good. I,
0: I, I was on the phone with Susan Heck maybe a couple of days ago and just sweet, sweet, dear mm-hmm. heart lady. And. Uh, loving God and and really pursuing just the area of ministry for women that she has she's incredibly passion filled about that and uh, working with shepherds wives and just doing some great work so really proud of, of her and what what all they're doing and excited to see we have those as as, as well on our on our list of, uh, mm-hmm. of of things to take a look at. Book of essays kind of help me understand this category book of essays okay where
2: am I see I'm now getting blocked in by my books. All right, so a lot of great writers also wrote essays, okay. just short pieces on different topics. I think probably one of my favorite and one of the best of all time essayists is G.K. Chesterton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have this book, and this is another one that's part of the G3 um, high school curriculum. Chesterton's Gateway, 14 Essays to Get You Hooked on Chesterton. Um, he... um he goes through and he annotates these so it's it's this is Chesterton's work but he has annotations oh, gotcha. just to help you know the lay reader understand all the references but Chesterton's really engaging these are really short um so I recommend this um Dale Alquist who's the president of the Chesterton Society has edited a few other collections of Chesterton's essays so if you've never read essays I suggest you start with Chesterton he just has great um social commentary and commentary on the family. There's a book about um, a a collected book of Chesterton's essays on the family, which is really good as well. Um, C.S. Lewis Mm -hmm. is a great essayist. Mm -hmm. Another one you could easily grab and just get into. This one is on stories and other essays on literature. Mm -hmm. So that would work for another category coming up here. Tolkien has essays, as I mentioned before, um, George Orwell, um, so many, so many essayists. So just find a book of essays and, and dig into some topics.
1: And both that category and the short story category, which obviously are similar, are good ways to dip your toes into a classic writer get introduced, and Mm -hmm. then that might lead you to read one of their longer works later, which is another benefit
0: of it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. A classic children's chapter book.
2: Okay, so C.S. Lewis said a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children isn't a good children's story in the slightest. Wow. So he also said no book is really worth reading at the age of 10, which is not equally and often far more worth reading at the age of 50 and beyond. So we need to be reading these classic children's books. Some of you grew up, you know, reading classic children's books and then others of us... Have not. Haven't. We, yeah. You know, and plus there are some hidden gems. Yeah. So I've got a little stack here that I brought. If I can slide it across the table. Um, so obviously we've got things like The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. If you haven't read The Chronicles of Narnia, I suggest you start there and start with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because... Yes. You always enter Narnia through the wardrobe. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Most publishers, most new publishers make magician's nephew number one number one but don't read that one first. Mm-mm. No that's chronological. Just a note on that. I did yeah. not read the Chronicles of Narnia until college and yeah, you know, have read them several times since then for my own benefit for the, to the kids. Wonderful stories. They're for kids, quote unquote, but they are I mean, you well taught one
2: reading. in your PhD seminar. Yeah, that's
1: that's true. I uh well, it was, it was a graduate level uh, okay. course, but I had a course where at the end of the course we read through the last battle for many different reasons pedagogically, but here I have graduate seminary students and we're reading The Last Battle as part of the course because wow. it was well worth reading. And it made great. a lot yeah. of the philosophical and theological points that stimulated discussion in the seminar. And they're Love so it. good.
2: And the audiobooks are fantastic. Mm. Um, so look for those as well. Um, obviously, things like The Little House on the Prairie series, if you've never read those, those audiobooks are also excellent. Um, the Hobbit was written for children if you haven't read that um and then get the just, Andy
1: Circus audio yes get the Andy
2: Circus audio version mm. top audio books of all time those Andy Circus ones um but lots of other classics Heidi Hans Brinker um these little britches books there's a whole series of them and purple house press has republished them in this really nice hardback oh, like yeah um but these are excellent it's like little house on the prairie kind of except for boys it's colorado and ranching and Mm -hmm. adventures and um what happens to their family actually the fourth book in the series mary emma and company is my favorite but you have to read them in order um those are really good if you haven't read the swallows and amazon series Mm -hmm. there's 13 books in this series they're so good i read them just a few years ago for the first time and i love them these audiobooks are excellent as well um L.M. Montgomery's, you know, Anne of Green Gables series. And then she also has Emily of New Moon series. So if you've read Anne but haven't read Emily, you could try Emily. And then um, George McDonald's children's books, which we're about to talk about. Um, Black Beauty, Wind in the Willows, Treasure Island, Kidnapped, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many great ones. If you haven't read, they need to be part of your vocabulary. So
0: I love it. love it. H- h- interesting for me, a book by George... McDonald. You skipped I think you skipped one. Oh. Did I? Yeah. Music. Oh, I did. I did. I did. A book on literature, visual arts or music. No missing. Don't that's skip why, that, over that's, arts that, and that, music. Yeah, that's why that's why that I get. It, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I know. Now I know why you chimed up. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. What, what do you got there?
1: Yeah. So some recommendations. Again, just uh, uh, to kind of dip your toe into the subjects related to what makes what is beauty, mm-hmm. what makes good literature literature, what makes good music music. So Leland Ryken has really become sort of the evangelical voice on this topic. Mm-hmm. Taught for many years at Wheaton is a real expert. So many many things I could recommend. This is something that I've read many times and, and highly recommend The Liberated Imagination mm. by Leland Riken. You hear a title like that, you think about topics like beauty and aesthetics, and you might get a little nervous. Very readable. He deals biblically and theologically with issues related to our imagination. Mm. And that applies, he applies it specifically to literature, to beauty in general, to music, to the arts. So. Highly recommended. Um, oh, I, I didn't even bring it up here, but I would recommend uh, Art and Music, A Student's Guide by uh, um, Paul Munson. And uh, Jonathan Drake is very good. And then this is another sort of classic uh, by Aaron Copeland, American composer, What to Listen for in Music. Interesting. So this is specifically written for some people who are not musicians who have not been exposed to classical music, he kind of walks through okay you you turn on the classical radio station, you download an album or you go to a concert. What should I be paying attention to as sort of a novice yeah. when it comes to music so it's really, really helpful, and I think um helps to instruct people who uh, who don 't understand how music works. You know, it used to be in education, everybody was educated, at least to a certain extent, in music. That's no longer the case. So this makes a book like this even all the more important and then definitely contributes to a Christian understanding how music ties into God's created order, order, reflects his beauty, or perhaps it doesn't. And so it can be helpful in being discerning in that yeah. area as well. I, I,
0: I love that. I think about that now in comparison to what we hear that we, that's called music today. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a far, far difference in right. in both of those ideas there. A book by now. Oh, now, no, no, not yet. Yeah, I've, oh, okay. I've got more. Let, Let me back more. up. i got the annuals between. I, got, yes, I better, I better step back. Let's get it.
2: <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I've got The Medieval Mind of C.S. Lewis, How Great Books Shaped a Great Mind. I love this it. This is really interesting. And it's a really um good overview of how medieval writers or people within the medieval tradition mm-hmm. um the kind of things that they put into their books and how you have to understand like Shakespeare or you know any of these kind of classic writers how you understand them by looking at it through a medieval cosmology and a medieval lens. Mm-hmm. Really um not hard but really um interesting. Tending the Heart of Virtue, How Classic Stories Awaken a Child's Moral Imagination. Mm. It's a brand new second edition. I just finished it, actually. Um, It came out this year. And this is really good. It just goes through different fairy tales and Mm. what they mean. Um, And I really enjoyed the first edition and the second edition of that. Another book on the imagination. This is um, by Northrop Frye, who is a literary critic. The Educated Imagination, this is really helpful.
0: This is your area of expertise Mm -hmm. where where, where you got your PhD, Mm -hmm. correct? Yes, it is. Yeah.
2: Yep. And then How to Read a Book, The Classic Guide to Intelligent Reading by Mortimer Adler and Charles Van Doren. Um, This is a classic just in helping you read and comprehend Mm -hmm. um, books. This, I highly recommend this. I loved this book. It was probably my favorite, but I don't know if I read it this year or last year, but um, Rembrandt is in the wind by Russ Ramsey, learning to love art through the eyes of faith. Mm. This was something that I would like, oh, I want to go, I want to go to, you know, Florence and see this. And I want to go to Rome and see this. And I want to mm-hmm. go to, you know, so we saw some, you know, uh, some things in the Louvre when we were in Paris earlier this year. Um, and this really just opened my eyes to so many things about art and loving art And just interesting stories about stolen art and all kinds Mm. of good things. So this was really interesting. See, my pile's getting really tall. Love it. Um, And then the last one I have for this category, The Gift of Music, Great Composers and Their Influence. And this is just short biographies of lots of different classical Uh, composers. That's a great idea. Yeah. So that's really helpful as well.
0: Really good. Awesome. Love all of that. Um, looking forward to jumping into an area that I I wouldn't normally. There are a number of those titles that you mentioned that I'm going to have to go back and, and take a closer look at. This is all going to be on our website, mm-hmm. though, right? right. Mm-hmm. And you'll have them within each category, right? Yeah. I'll okay. make a blog post. Good, good. Yep. So that way I, I don't have to remember. I can go, okay, here's right. an area, boom, and here's here are the books associated with it. Love it. Now, a yes. book by George McDonald. <laughs>
2: okay, so... This might seem odd just okay. to pick a guy, but George MacDonald was famously C.S. Lewis's favorite author, and MacDonald greatly influenced his writing. Chesterton loved MacDonald. Elizabeth Elliot loved MacDonald. Um, Lewis said that What's Mine's Mine was the best of all George MacDonald's novels, mm-hmm. and um, there's a new edition with an introduction by Douglas Gresham, C.S. Lewis's stepson, Um Elizabeth Elliot listed one of George MacDonald's books as one of the top 5 books that influenced her most. Wow. And that book is called Salted with Fire. She said MacDonald's writing gave me a whole new vista of the love of God. Um and there's an edition with an introduction by her daughter Valerie, Valerie um Elliot Shepherd. And then MacDonald wrote a lot of great children's books, mm. The Princess and the Goblin, The Princess and Curdie, at the This is The Princess and the Goblin, um, At the Back of the North Wind, um, a lot of novels. Thomas Wingfold Curate was another one of Lewis's favorites. That's a murder uh, at the center of that story, so you could double up on your categories there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sir Gibby was MacDonald's most popular novel, and Lewis recommended it throughout his lifetime in his letters um, that people read that. The Wise Woman was a favorite of both Lewis and Chesterton. It's a fairy tale oh. about a spoiled princess and what happens to her, but lots of life lessons <laughs> there. Um, Fantasties, A Dish of Orts, is a book of essays mm. by McDonald. Mm-hmm. So you could read that for the essay category as well. And then he has sermons and devotional books. He was very prolific. He was a pastor, mm-hmm. but he was a pastor writing to help educate the imagination, not just um, propositional truth. Yeah. So... I really appreciate his writing, and he was a huge influence on so many writers that we read today. That's
0: incredible. That's incredible. Well, listen, we've got one more category, right? Mm-hmm. We've got a book from the Living Heritage High School Curriculum. Can yes. I unpack what that is and what we're looking at?
2: Okay, so Living Heritage is our um, forthcoming mm-hmm. uh, homeschool curriculum through G3 and So I have got up on the website a bunch of book samples. So if you go to Mm livingheritagehomeschool.com, right, .com, um, (laughs) then uh, you'll be able to click on curriculum samples and click on the high school books. And we've got, I don't know, I'm scrolling through and scrolling and scrolling, probably a 100 books maybe up here for all four years of high school a lot of the books that we've mentioned, but also just a bunch of other books, Total Truth by Nancy Piercy. Um, you know, books about Shakespeare, history books, you know, Fahrenheit 451, books about, um, you know, John Adams and mm. some of these uh, reformer biographies, you know, all kinds of things. The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom, Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, lots and lots of different choices so these are really just foundational books in all different categories that just help you be knowledgeable about the world but it's in a really inaccessible you know that it's easy enough for a high schooler but still you know these are it's adult books, books. Yeah. so
0: yeah
2: um, pick one off of there and and read it
0: Awesome! I I love what we're doing with with the with the curriculum that we're putting together, G three. I'm so grateful that you're a part of that. Uh, you know, bringing the ideas together, calling the, uh, the the different topics, subjects, and things that we're walking through. As you kind of look at the landscape of of culture, even in the homeschool arena, there's a lot of different challenges out there. With you know, regard to social justice issues and challenges about about classical education and the like. And I think uh, I'm excited because I know we're kind of taking a stand on that and saying, mm-hmm. here's Here's where we stand. We're not gonna. We're not gonna allow wokeism and crazy, chaotic things yeah. to enter into this space. And so, wanting to protect that space, maintain its purity there, and, and really ensure that folks are getting the, the root cause, the the, the 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 ideas that are that are associated with with historically classical education, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things are incredibly important. So, any thoughts? Any last thoughts that you have about any of the, of the things we shared, topically or otherwise, or even about the uh, about the uh, the curriculum that we mentioned?
2: I don't think so, but I think um, you are going to mention something about the reading challenge for next year, a special incentive.
0: Yep, yep.
1: So uh, get download the list, start filling it out, use the hashtag G3Reads to sort of share that so we can all be encouraged by it. But the incentive is this now. So this is the G3Reads for 2024. In December of next year, mm-hmm. Use the hashtag again and post about your completion of the G3 Reads Challenge. Post a photo. What's that? Post Post a a photo photo of of the completed list with check marks and all that. We'll we'll trust you you on your honor. Uh, But post that on any of the social media platforms using the hashtag. We're going to collect all those. We'll put them into a drawing, and the winner will receive a significant uh, um, uh, gift card for the G3 shop. That'd be, so, That'd be great. that will be great. There's some motivation to do it.
0: There's your incentive uh, to jump into this. I mean, it should be enough incentive given the, the subject matter, the topics. Uh, excited about the challenge. Excited that we're doing it another year. Glad that you're going to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, glad that that we're doing something here at G Three, uh, especially in the in the uh, uh, education space. Excited about the, the homeschool education, classical education piece as well. Uh, stay with us. Stay connected with us. Uh, we're. Thank you for coming, mm-hmm. Doctor Becky Ann. Daniel, thank you for being with us. Got your brownie points I back. got my brownie points <laughs> I wanted to make sure that before we got out of this. this it's the week. last impression
1: that matters. Ab- right. Absolutely, brother. That's right.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Glad that you all were able to join us. Join us next time for another Honest Conversation.